The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Saturday recap for this week's Masters. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. And Greg, another soggy, sloppy day around Augusta National 1, where we did not finish round number three. But at least we finished round number two. That is correct. That that was huge. Uh, and, and we got a, a good chunk at around number three underway. Leaders are on number seven right now. Um, and with tomorrow's forecast, there's a really good chance that we finish this. We finish this thing off tomorrow, which is which is a good sign. So we were really close to what we were hoping for, Rick. Let, you know, round three and four That's be true. Sunday. We're, we're pretty close to that. That's actually true. Yeah. Six holes by the leaders is how far they got. So here, here's what has um, happened today. We'll, we'll take it through a little bit chronologically. So we did indeed complete uh, round two this morning, Saturday morning. We sat here last night, Greg, and we were like, oh man, that, that tiger guy, he's got to start on number, uh, number 12. He's got to hit that shot. Well, he pars 12. He pars. I'm sorry. I'm let me, I'm looking at the wrong Yes, pars 12, pars 13, pars 14, makes birdie on 15, and now we're in full-on cut sweat mode for Tiger this morning in what were freezing, miserable conditions. And, and you know, you, you mentioned that he parred 12, but he stuffed it in there. I mean, he has like stuffed four feet. Over the flag. Uh, yeah, he actually yanked his putt. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, that was it was a really bad putt. But, uh, but he was in really good shape, and then... We got a little bit of drama as Tiger was coming down the stretch and made a couple of bogeys. What did he bogey 17 and 18? 17 and 18. And at the time, moved him to plus three, which was outside the cut line. Right. And there were two players on the golf course also at plus two. 
uh, Sung JM and Justin Thomas. Right. And we needed those two players to um, one of, one of them had to get at three over. That's Josh's browser playing the cheering there, I think, as we are showing yes. the scorecards on masters.com because uh, we thought we would have graphics from HQ tonight. Um, but yes, so so it comes down to um, one of Justin Thomas or Sung JM have to basically make a bogey. They got to play one over 17 and 18. We're playing very, very difficult. Sung JM gets in and JT, buddy JT, Tiger Woods' his buddy, actually does a little bit too much. Greg, he goes bogey, bogey on 17 and 18, shooting in, I think he shot 42 coming in. Two, three, four, five, six, 42 coming in. Is that right? Uh, Am I doing the math right? Double? He played yeah, a two over, so. three over, four so. over, five, six over, 36, 42. Yes, I can, I can do 36 plus yep. six. Um, shoots a 42 and misses the cut himself. Right. <clears throat> Oh, just, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Um, 15 for one plays completely different because uh, it's it's not even close to reachable. I mean, th these guys are hitting tee shots that are flying 260. It, it's a completely different game. Uh, and, and then when you have wedge shots, there's skip, there's spin. Yeah. Right. It, it's like that delayed spin which is kind of wild to watch when you have those back hole locations, like 15 and round two was in the back and JT actually, the shot he hit at 15 was so good. It was around the hole for so long. And then it finally grabs and spins back. And I mean, there was a moment you thought it was going to go into the water. So look, that, that was, um, I thought a well-played shot by JT, but it just speaks to the unpredictability that you have um, when you're playing in, in rain like this. So a couple of items here. So Justin Thomas actually did a walk and talk this morning in, in round two. And uh, I'll actually say shout out to Trevor. I, I like when one guy asks the questions, I don't like when they bounce them around. So it was like five straight qu questions from Trevor. I'm, I'm in on that. That's the best form of the yeah. walk and talk. I, I agree. There's a few reasons to it as well. You know, when you're preparing for an interview, there's a a line that you want to go down, right? You want to take it down a certain path. And when multiple people come into play, it can throw off the path. And it also limits the ability for follow-ups. Correct. Unless everybody's really on the same page and everybody understands. Because if, if you prepare a question and you just ask your question, then it goes all over the place. Right. But if you say, okay, well, JT just said this and I want to know more about this all of a sudden you get something really interesting. And that's much easier to do when there's only one person asking. Agree. So another nugget about that walk and talk is they were asking him about what he was drinking. He said, oh, it's a protein shake. I have a long day ahead of me. Foreshadowing. He did not have a long day ahead of him. He only had a few more holes to play. But uh, my, my larger point here being, Greg, that he was kind of saying in conditions like this, it was actively raining slash pouring throw it out the window. Nothing you have any experience that you have from earlier in the week, throw it out the window because I don't hit my clubs as far. I'm constantly trying to keep uh, my, my golf ball and the, my club face dry. There's all, there are a million different variables and now they're guessing at most of them. Right. Um, and you think about what is required at Augusta National, things we typically talk about, they all go out the window, such as 
distance control, right? It's so important to be able to control your distance. And now you're guessing at it. Um, the, the start lines of your, of your shots are a complete variable. You saw a lot of players like Cam Young, for instance, hit a number of tee shots where it looks like the ball just slips off the face and it goes way right. So it, it adds multiple layers of difficulty, multiple layers of challenges. Um, and even, even in the area where you think it might get easier because it gets a little more receptive, a little softer, it doesn't really play that way because there's so much skid. So it, the ball actually still takes some pretty big bounces. Uh, but what happens after that with the spin becomes really difficult to predict. Tiger in, Justin Thomas out. And if you put, uh, which we already knew, Roy McElroy out from, we knew that yesterday, the first time in their careers that uh, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas have both missed the cut at the same major. They played in 29 major championships, or this was the 29th. So uh, we've got an absence of both of those guys over the final two rounds. Yeah, a, a rare sight. Um, Especially at the Masters, where like making the cut's kind of easy. And, and you expect both of those guys. They see It seems like their games fit the Masters so well, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed you expect them to be a part of the story. And not just on Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, that's a, a very strange thing. Very, very strange on both their parts. Fast forwarding uh, to round three or really the, the break in between. So uh, you and I were kind of talking before we went hot. It was like, OK, uh, when are it's still raining. When are these guys going to get out there? And then what we saw was essentially a, a break from tradition, Greg. I don't know how often we've gone off split tees at the masters, but we went off split tees one and 10 for round three so that we could kind of get as much golf in as possible. It, it does happen periodically, but only in circumstances of weather. Uh, in fact, in 2019, when tiger won the masters, they did uh, split tees and three. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but there was no weather at the time. They were trying to get it in before the weather. So it was a morning start on Sunday. I think in Jack Nicholas's final Masters, he finished on uh, the ninth green for a similar circumstance. Um, Interesting. I don't. Know I, yeah, I, I believe I believe so, but I I could be wrong. So anyway, it, it happens periodically. They tend to do it at the at the right times because um, you want to you want to finish this tournament on Sunday, uh, and they're they're willing and able to adjust, and uh, they typically do it the right way. There was. There was a window where there was no active rain. It was still cold. It was still obviously wet out there. But it is such a different dynamic when it is actually raining versus when it is not actually raining. So we got we got a little bit of a window, and then it started to come down. And I, you again, you and I were talking like it was it was just a matter of time before they had to pull the plug on this. Yes. Um there, there were a couple of moments where you saw pictures of these greens and they were <laughs> was kind of jarring. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about this before we went on air as round two was finishing up. They're showing pictures of, I believe it was the green at hole number 12. And uh, there was so much water on it. <laughs> and then Scotty Shuffler hitting balls on the range. And I'm thinking this is, is going to be a little while before they go because they hadn't made a decision. They hadn't announced tee times yet. Right. You could see how much it's puddling up there. Yeah. This was and before I, the start of round three. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking this is going to be a little while. 
so I, I went outside, got some things done in the yard that I had to get done. And I, I came back in and it, it wasn't even raining. <laughs> I was like, what ha has happened? They must have put the dome up. That, that's what happened. <laughs> and then uh, I, I guess there was a leak. <laughs> A little leak, yeah. The it, it, we saw. Okay, I mean, listen. It, it things things were tough. They got very tough, but we did see a couple of decent rounds. Um, Sung J M is three under through seven holes. He started on the back, closer to the top of the leaderboard. Matt Fitzpatrick three under through eleven. He has moved to five under par for the championship. Patrick can't like three under through thirteen. He has moved to five under for the championship. So we saw a couple of decent rounds out there, but. Most guys are are playing in in black numbers here. Yes, uh, and again, we've highlighted the reasons for that multiple times. Um, the length is one thing, and, and it, it may even be the biggest factor. I mean, you're you're hitting such long shots into these greens, and deciding what club to pull is incredibly challenging. Um, it, it's just you're you're guessing completely. And some guys are taking too much club. They're kind of overdoing it. And then the ball's coming in flatter. It's getting pelted down by the rain. So the, the ball is staying in the air for a significantly shorter period of time. Uh, and then it's coming into the greens and, and now it's subject to that skid. Um, and, and then when you get around the greens, you have the skid and it's difficult to predict and difficult to judge. And, and all of a sudden you have guys shooting over par. Uh, it, it's simply hard but i think tomorrow is going to be a different story scotty's tee shot on 12 uh it says he hit it 160 yards he was like 20 yards long he he, he hit it into the into the into the golden bells into the flowers in, in into that crap in the back like fluid in there yeah yeah it, and Again, that's one of those things where you feel like you got to take two extra clubs and then it comes, you catch one that comes out a little bit low and it just launches right through it. it it's, it's just, it's nearly impossible. I, I don't think that it's a skill thing at that point. Um, especially when you have, you know, trouble in front of the green, you have to make sure that you get over Ray's Creek, of course. Um, so, I mean, you, you, some, you can see some, bigger differences in between clubs, which is kind of odd. I guess that's what happened to Scotty. Yeah, he got he got stuck in between there. Uh, he flushed it, though. Absolutely flushed it. A couple of past champions at the bottom of the leaderboard, though they've made the cut, they are struggling. Dustin Johnson, our 2020 champion, six over for round number three, moves him to five over for the championship. Charles Schwartzel struggling three over uh, for the day, moving him to six over for the championship. And the big cat is at the bottom of the leaderboard of those who have made the cut. Um, we kind of thought this last night, Greg, that it was, this wasn't necessarily likely to be pretty, for Tiger, you know, you have a situation where he's going to be asked to play a lot of golf. It's cold. It is wet. It is slippery. The ground is soft. All of the things that we hear about walking this golf course and things that make walking golf courses very difficult, all of them happen today. Yes. Uh, and, and the temperature uh, probably affects Tiger more than anybody else because of uh, the, the leg injury, of course, the back injury. Um, I mean, his age may even become a factor here. So it, really challenging for Tiger, really hard to watch. 
Um, although he did hit some really nice shots in there today in, in round two, I would say, um, it's just been, it's just been a struggle. It's been a slog. The ball speeds have come way down as they have for everybody, but uh, even more, I mean, you're talking like 15 miles an hour, slower ball speed with the driver. So it's, it's a lot of disappointing swings from, from tiger so far. Yeah. So he makes, uh, a mess of 15 spins back into the water, a mess of 16 hits it into the water. So he is, he's only played, uh, seven holes and he is one, two, three, four, five, six over par. Um, yeah, the one, the one on 16, I mean, you're talking about a 40 yard miss to the left, right? Or close. I mean, it's a front, it's, it's a whole location up on that right shelf, um, towards the front of the green at least towards the front of that shelf. And, and he landed it in the water. This is the problem. This is the problem that we talked about yesterday. The problem now is tomorrow. Is he going to play 27 holes tomorrow? Or I mean, more than that, is he going to play 30 holes tomorrow? Yeah. I I mean, I guess he has a little bit of time to recover uh, and, and we'll see how he's feeling after this. I imagine it's not very good. It's not going to be very fun getting in an ice bath tonight. Um, what, how many holes did he play he's through seven? seven. Uh, he played what? Eight holes this morning. So, you know, he played a half around today, but a really hard half around. That's, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I don't know. I have a feeling we'll see him at least tee it up tomorrow. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, possibly finish. What was the possibility? What was the event? Was it the PGA championship that he withdrew after the third round? Yes. Right. Why? It was just, he was out of it and he was hurt, right? Yeah, he was hurt. It was, um, that's exactly right. It it wasn't going well. It it was, it was a business decision. And it was like, Hey, I'm going to think about this long term as opposed to short term. Yeah. And he, he had the open championship on his mind. Yeah. Which was a big one. I, I'm not sure that, He's looking at, um, well, I would say he's very likely not looking at, uh, at where are we going? Hoylake, um, Royal Liverpool for this open championship. And even though he's won there, there's no way he's looking at that in the same light as St. Andrews. Um, so this kind of seems like the last hurrah of the year. So maybe he does try to push through and finish all 72 holes. Okay, let's talk about this final uh, final group. It was Kepka, Rom, and Sam Bennett, the amateur. All right, let, let's we have to address the elephant in the room here. Uh, we're obviously a CBS Sports entity, but there was a general lack of coverage of that final group today. Um, it, they were not in the featured group, and unfortunately, because of the way that tea times uh, occurred, we th- they basically barely made it to the broadcast, Greg, because they were already on the fifth or sixth hole or something like that when the broadcast came on. I I, I know this is I know this is tough. I know there are contracts and really smart people, and there's a lot of money and a lot of stuff. Like we've got to come together and figure this out. Yeah, we got to be able to adjust a little bit better. Um, and look, I bet a part of these things, they're, they're very challenging. It, it, there are people working very hard on this behind the scenes, trying to get everything organized. Uh, but when you're in a situation like this, you have to understand that the most important group on the golf course, especially in this tournament, is the, the, final, the final group. That's typically the case, but it's accentuated in this event because they're kind of running away with it. 
Uh, and and we can't go that long without seeing him at all. Now you did have an opportunity to catch him on four, five, and six. Yeah. Um, but you got to be following really closely to catch on to that. Um, I I would I don't know what the numbers look like, but four, five, and six is likely not the most popular um, featured hole coverage to be no, on. Amen. Corner would be much more popular, I imagine. Right, and and then you have um, even fifteen and sixteen. I would imagine yeah. are more popular. And so then I'm, you have a featured group, which is pretty, you know, pretty good. You got Scheffler's group, you got Tiger's group. It, it was good featured groups, but this can't not be a featured group. This has to, if, if we're going to do it this way, where they're not going to get on the coverage until they're on the fifth hole or whatever, they have to be a featured group. Right. You got to, you got to adjust uh, accordingly. And look, even if you have every shot, like this is the saving grace in this is that you can watch the tape. Uh, but it's different than getting the coverage. So, Rick, we're studying this to talk about it, to know what's happening in the tournament. We're going to go and watch the tape and watch the shots that all these guys hit uh, to see what it means for the rest of the tournament. Um, and, and well, I mean, fandom is also a part of it, but we're doing this for work. <laughs> but most people aren't watching on a, on a TV, getting their computer out and going through watching the tape, taking notes. So, but the point of that is we have the, we have cameras on them, right? We got to get it. We got to get your featured group, um, you know, announcers just announcing what that group does. You got to make that pivot. Got to um, and, and I know it's hard, but it's also, it's, it's gotta be possible. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk, we'll start with Sam Bennett here. Sam Bennett, the amateur who has been making waves. Uh, Augusta National announced the purse. $18 million up from 15 last year, which actually makes first place. Stand by, Greg. I'm going to get the number for you, buddy. What, three, three six or something? 3.24. 3.24. Okay. Now, I will say this, Greg, and I've been, I, I have not mentioned this yet. You realize I have Brooks Kepka in the one and done, right? Yes, I know that. Just making sure. Yeah. Just making sure everybody's aware that I have Brooks Kepka. Yeah, which is so funny, Rick, because it's, I I mean, we got to play the <laughs> tape of you announcing that you have him. <laughs> no, I think I was very scared. That, <laughs> it wasn't that, hey, I think Brooks is going to win. This was, I don't have anyone left. <laughs> Or, or I definitely, one. or I definitely won't have every anyone left if I don't use Brooks right, right now. <laughs> so this one, uh, I, I think it worked out in your favor. 
So when I saw when I saw, oh, obviously I knew I had Kepka, but I saw I was like, okay, they're gonna release this this purse. I hope it's a hundred million dollars. <laughs> you know, something outrageous. Eight, 18 million, 3.2 for first, 1.9 for second, 1.2 for third. You know who will get zero dollars? Sam Bennett, the amateur who is playing in the final group with Brooks Kepka and John Rahm. A little bit of a wobbly start out of the gate. He bogeys one, he bogeys two, and then he starts to settle in a little bit. Four straight pars before play was suspended in round three. He is still, Greg, a solo third, three shots behind Rahm, seven behind Kepka. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing what he should be doing. Um, again, those first two tee shots, uh, he hit them both to the left, which we haven't seen him do all week. I mean, he really has played mistake-free golf, and he hasn't made the the birdies that Kepka or Rom have made, obviously. But um, but he has avoided the mistakes, and that's why he's sitting right now in in solo third. So, really, really cool opportunity. I mean, I was thinking about this today. Um, just consider who he's played with this week. Now it's tradition that the U S amateur plays with the defending champion. So you get Scotty Scheffler. Now the defending champion happens to be number one in the world. So that's pretty special. Uh, you get number uh, five, five in the world, Max Homa. And then you get Kepka and Rob oh, for the weekend. I mean, that is some really special stuff. Uh, and, and he's, he's, obviously hanging in there. I mean, he beat Scheffler and Rom handily or Scheffler uh, and Homa handily. And now he's, he's holding his own with, with Rom and Kepka. kid. The kids got game. It's been really fun to watch. Yeah. He's, he's balling out. He's giving great uh, answers in his, in his pressers. He's got a ton of confidence and uh, he's got back-to-back 68s that he is going to try to continue with a round and a half to go. The two, the two big dogs and uh, the odds makers have essentially turned this thing into a two horse race. Brooks Kepka and John Rom. We'll start with Rom. nine under par. He is four shots off the lead being set by Brooks Kepka right now. He did what he had to do by birdieing number two. He gave them ba- uh, gave that back and another one back on four and five. I thought he's been okay, Greg, in the in the third round, couple of week, uh, a couple of week efforts, but I don't think he's been horrible. His finishing his second round was phenomenal. Hasn't been able to kind of carry that over into round three thus far. No, although um, so a couple things with Rom here. One, the second shot he hit at number two was phenomenal, Phen- uh, unreal. I mean, you have to go to masters.com, click Rom's name. Go to masters.com, click leaderboard, click John Rom, click videos, go to number two, round three, shot two, then you'll be able to see it. Yep, you'll see it. It's (laughs) so good. You don't even have to click videos. You just scroll down. It'll be that's, it'll be playing true. somewhere. I exaggerated. Um, you actually yeah. heard a you heard a uh, clip of that uh, on today's show already. Uh, so you just scroll down a little bit. He'll be playing. Click on hole number two, and and you'll see a phenomenal shot. He misses that putt. Then at number four, he hit a terrible tee shot, way right, and and had to play, a, not even towards the flagstick. He missed it to the right. The whole location's in that narrow tongue. Uh, in the in the front portion of the green, so he's got to play to the back left portion, and then he nearly hold the pitch shot. the The third shot he hit there was so good. Meanwhile, well, anyway, we'll get to Kepka in a minute. But so then he he hits it on the green on five, which is a, a no easy task. He actually had it up on the right level, although a little ways to the left, and he three putted. 
which was disappointing. Um, but right now on seven, he's got probably 12, 12 feet or so for birdie. Uh, Kepka has a, a par putt of probably 12 feet as well. I, I'm not sure who's going to go first there. Um, they're, they're similar distances, but I, I tell you what, Rom has hit some really high quality shots with the exception of the second at number four. He's looked really good so far. Yeah, he has. So, uh, play has been suspended. Obviously we've been talking about that. Greg is absolutely right. Rom's got a birdie putt upcoming on seven. Then he's got number eight, which has been what the easiest hole all week long. So we might see some, uh, fireworks immediately out of the gate from the final group. When this thing does resume on Sunday morning, Brooks Kepka. my goodness, Brooks Kepka. So where do we start? Um, he hasn't made a bogey Greg since Thursday at 13. He's nope. been clinical. He's been flawless. Now he might make he might make bogey here at seven when we return. But I, I mean, th this is this is vintage Brooks. This has been domination, domination. Uh, and again, it's been complete. Right? He he drives it into the bunker at number one uh, and hits it right next to Rom's ball. They both kind of came up short, fed off that false front a little bit. Uh, and he hit a nice pitch and got that up and down. Um, he hit it into the, uh, what, he hit it into the bunker at number two, got that up and down. Um, and then at, at number four, yeah, number number four, he hit it into the left bunker and hit it, which is usually a no-no. Uh, and he got that up and down, which was a great shot. So his short game has been as good as he's hit the ball, better than anyone else in the field. His short game has been rock solid too. My my favorite shot was five, where he was like two hundred and forty yards away in the pine straw up the hill, and he just like nukes one to the front of the green. I, I mean, I know the guy's strong and he's fast again because he looks like he's healthy, but he is he is absolutely dialed. And, and then the two putt from there. I yep. mean, that is. No easy task. You got to go up a slope, down a slope with feet of break. And and all of a sudden he he leaves himself a tap in. It was just phenomenal touch. And you know, in all that we have kind of been missing from Brooks Kepka, we haven't seen a lot of him. He hasn't been in these kind of situations uh in the public eye in a long time. And coming back from injury, it's one thing to get your ball striking under control, uh, to understand what your golf swing needs to be like in order to have success. But when you get out of position, are you able to get back in position quickly? And yeah. and he has, he has done that on every single occasion. Um, I mean, you, you could, you could hit the ball like Brooks Kepka and be at eight under par right now, very easily uh, without a rock solid short game. And, and he's had a rock solid short game right now. The, I, I mean, you, this tournament has has had so many ebbs and flows to it and starts and stops and all that fun stuff. Kepka got the best end of the weather draw, had a lead, and then when he finally, Greg, when he finally had to get out there in bad conditions, he extended his lead. Like, this, yeah. this, it just... It just could not be going any better. He's he's taken advantage of everything. He's played great. And, it, it, I mean, he's four shots clear of the rest of the field. He he is equipped to handle bad weather. Um, you know, a lot of people may not realize this, but when Brooks 
got out of college and started to play professional golf, he went over and played in Europe on the Challenge Tour, which is the equivalent of the Corn Ferry Tour for the uh, the DP World Tour, then European Tour. And and he played, he, he made his way through Europe. And I'll tell you what, if you listen to what his mother has said about the journey that Brooks went on on the Challenge Tour, it included a lot of golf in a row and a lot of bad weather, a lot of bad weather that he fought through. So he has proven himself in this weather, you know, throughout his entire career. Um, and, and I don't think this is something that's going to hinder a, a Brooks Kepka. There are other players that it really hinders. Uh, he's just not one of them. No, certainly not. Um, let's zoom out a little bit here because obviously one of the big storylines for the year and one of the big storylines for major championships is that the live golfers are here. And now that we finally made the cut, uh, we can kind of look back and see how they've done thus far. By my count, I've got 18 or excuse me, 11 out of 18 through the cut line with Kepka leading by four. We've got, uh, where's Phil? Phil is four. Yeah, T8, which I completely thought there was no chance he was going to contend. Neiman is uh, T8 as well. Reed is T17. Um, just Cam Smith, T23. We already talked about Dustin Johnson. Uh, those are kind of the notables. Would you say that the live guys are over exceeding their expectations? It depends on whose expectations you're looking at, right? I mean, th this is a, a big factor to consider here. There are so many live players here because there are so many Masters champions who are on live, right? A big, a, a big number of Masters champions have gone over. You consider um, Dustin Johnson and uh, and Schwartzel and Reed and Mickelson. You know, you got a you got a handful of Masters champions playing on that tour, and then with the players who you know, maybe a little bit younger. You had Kepka into the mix. You had Camp Smith into the mix and Joaquin Neiman into the mix. And those are very capable players, right? They were very capable last year. And I don't think that six months on a different tour, uh, you know, inhibits your ability by that much. We may find out that it doesn't inhibit your ability at all. Um, so I, that it, for that reason, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me to see Phil Mickelson playing well at Augusta National. He always plays well at Augusta National. It doesn't surprise me to see Joaquin Neiman playing well. He's really good. And in 2022, he dominated the Genesis Invitational. You're right. He, he ends up going to live, but what is his talent just going to fall out of the, out the window as soon as he makes that decision? No. Cam Smith came and tied third here last year. Solo third. He, he was right there at a chance to win. Uh, so, and he's the most recent major champion. So, no, that's that's not surprising to me at all. To have Brooks Kepka playing the way that he's playing, as perfect as it's been, as as it's been, yeah, that's a surprise to me. Um, and and that, but not because he's a live golfer. I mean, that would be a surprise to me if it was anybody except Rom Scheffler or McElroy. If it's anybody else, um, if it's Max Homa, if it's Xander Shoffley, if it's anybody else in the world of golf, it's a surprising performance because it's been just that good. Yeah, and and I'd actually say like, okay, Brooks Koepka is a four-time major champion. He's at the top of the leaderboard. But I think the big the big question is or was like only playing or, or I guess playing fewer competitive rounds leading into a major championship was that going to hinder their ability to play? I think at this point resounding. No, is the answer to that question. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'll be very curious when we get to a uh, U.S. Open, um, a PGA champion. My guess is you're going to have a smaller number playing in the PGA. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like. Uh, I saw it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I can find it. Though. Um, but it, but a PGA championship, um, a U.S. Open and an Open championship, when you go to some different venues, are you going to see this a uh, similar performance? Because um, I, like I said, I, I think these are players with great records at Augusta National. And we know, Rick, that playing Augusta National, course history and experience are extremely important. And the truth is that the live players have it. So they, whether or not they come in sharp or not, they, they seem to have the ability to find something here, which is true of players on live. It's true of players on the PGA tour as well. Um, so that, yeah, that would be my general takeaway why I'm not, I'm not really surprised. Epka, he's surprising me. A top 12, right, would get them back in. Would get anybody who finishes in the top 12 gets in next year. Is that right? To the Masters? To the Masters, yes. Right. And top uh, top four in the other majors gets into the Masters. So, really, I'm just kind of looking at, at some potential ramifications because there's a lot of golf is going to be played on Sunday and these leaderboards can jump all around. But some subplots, if you want to follow, um, Neiman would be the one who is not currently qualified for next year. Right. Who, if he finished right. inside the top 12, could get himself in the Masters because he would have gotten in on on his OWGR or his Riviera win. But he would not be qualified for next year unless he finishes inside the top 12. Correct. Or does uh, something at another major. And it would not be the Riviera win, I don't think. And unless you get three years, I don't no, You get three years for the players. Um, so oh, you he, know what? I'm a year behind. He would have played yeah. right. He yeah. would he would have gotten in last year on his right. Riviera win. Correct. So Sorry. he's yes. in on World Golf rankings, that's uh, right. and we know the trend. That's very unlikely to hold up for another year, being right. in the top fifty, um, unless something dramatic changes. So yeah, that for for him, that's a a really big deal, and, and he's probably the most notable. Yeah, and I think he's kind of the only one. In like Mickelson's in for life, so it I like it doesn't matter if it's T eight or T forty eight. He'll he, he'll be able to play. Um, Reed, same thing. He's at T seventeen. I'm just trying yeah. to see who else. Cam Smith, he's got a couple more years, obviously because of his Open Championship win. So really, the next, if I'm not missing anybody, the next guy would be Gooch, who's T thirty seven. So he'd have he would have some work to do. Uh, right up there. So really, so really Neiman is the one guy in position to get himself another master start. And Kepka, I know he's, Oh, if he, <laughs> if he doesn't win, uh, he's definitely going to finish in the top 12. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his, he won a, uh, his last major was 2019. So that would be the 20 masters, 21, 22, 23. Um, so next year would be his would be his last right on that exemption. A right. win obviously changes that uh, for the rest of his life. Makes you a lifer. Okay. Yep. Anything else here, Greg? We are obviously headed towards uh, a long Sunday in which, barring any more weather interruptions, I think is going to be all good, and we're going to be able to get it in, and we're going to. Maybe not this time tomorrow night, but in a couple hours tomorrow night, we will have somebody wearing a green jacket. Yes, uh, and it's pretty 
pretty crazy. I mean, this has turned into a two horse race. I really, I don't see any way that a, you got it's Sam Bennett at, at six right now. He's seven shots back. Like what, what do you have to make up? If you're Patrick Cantlay and you get in 14, can you get three more um, to close out this round? Can you get to eight? If you get to eight, what does the lead look like? I mean, I, I would have, would you be surprised tomorrow in better weather conditions if Kepka entered the final round at 15? No, not at all. I, mean, I, I would expect him to. So for Cantlay, getting to eight would be a great finish to the round. I mean, you shot 66 in round three, uh, and then you're still seven shots back. So to me, this is a, this has become a two horse race. Kepka minus 115, John Rahm plus 130. Nobody else shorter than 35 to one. That's a yeah. workout. Yeah, and for good reason. I mean, there's just, there's not enough time in the third round to make this interesting. And with the improving conditions, it's far less likely that you're going to have a, you know, a, a struggle out of Kepka. People will say this is boring, which I do not agree with. Could we get like a uh, Royal Troon? Mickelson, Stenson, two guys like like is Rom gonna beat the beat third place by five shots and not win a major championship because because Kepka got him? Oh, it could very well happen. <laughs> I mean, like again, he's got a great birdie look at seven, yeah. and Kepka's got a long par putt. Yeah. So okay, you can have a two. You can have a two shot swing right away tomorrow morning. Yeah, I just looked it up. So I think Kepka has. Uh, hold on, I want to get this right. Kepka's got. 12 feet, I believe, for par. Rom has nine feet for birdie. You could get a two-shot swing immediately out of the gate. Right, which would be huge. Now, all of a sudden, the lead is two instead of four, of course. Uh, and and now it's game on, right? You go to number eight, a par five, which both players have played very well this week. Um, and in the better weather, you're not going to see what we are seeing all day today, where guys could barely get it over the hill in two. But they're going to hit it on the green in two. Uh, assuming good tee shots. So th- yeah, there's a, a lot of opportunity left for fireworks. You get the second nine uh, twice tomorrow, oh, which, yeah. right. You know that for these guys, that's cool. Yeah. You get two second nine charge opportunities, <laughs> which I can't wait for. That's sick. All right. This time tomorrow, we will have a new Masters champion. Will it be Brooks? Will it be John Rom? Or will someone else steal a green jacket? <laughs> that would be such a steal. Okay. If anybody else besides those two won, it would be like historic, like it would be grounds for history at this point. It, absolutely. Now, depending, like what could Morikawa and Hovland are at five and they're only through seven. So if they go out and shoot five under the rest of the way in round three and get to 10, well, that might be much closer to, uh, you know, you're, you're much more in touch at that point. Although, I mean, not if the lead's at 16. That's the problem. Right? That's a, that's a real problem. So I, I think 15 is, you should be expected. And I wouldn't be surprised if it went if if Kepka took it beyond fifteen, just through the third round. Through the third round, right? I'm trying to get a sense of where you are, where are these guys going to be with eighteen holes to go. Yeah, and I'd like to be within within five to really have have my interest. I think if you're at six back, you need a Kepka meltdown, which is unlikely. 
I think it's pretty unlikely. Yeah, that yeah. kept Gamels down. So someone's going to have to just go absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there could be a mistake, uh, and and he could make an error, but that's different than a meltdown. Uh, the meltdown to me is like, and I'm not trying to poke any fun here, but, uh, you know, Greg Norman shooting 78. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jordan Spieth hitting two in the water on 12. <laughs> Jordan Spieth making an eight on 12 is, it's you know, two. It's it's, yeah, it's a meltdown. But it could Kepka hit it in the water on 12? Yeah. But are, is anybody going to be close enough to take advantage should a mistake like that happen? Because yeah, a mistake he, is different than a meltdown. Yep. And he's done so much good work to this point that he could probably survive a mistake or two. Right. Just can't survive a meltdown. Nobody can. Nobody survives a meltdown. That's why it's called a meltdown. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow night uh, somewhere. I don't know if we'll be here. I don't know if we'll be on HQ. I don't know if we'll be on both. We'll be somewhere after this round uh, is complete and we have a new Masters champion. Big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We're in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.